You are listening to the Taking Back You podcast, hosted by Danny carter Riddens. Taking Back You is a witty, authentic, and sometimes sarcastic show for young mamas who are trying to reclaim themselves while fully entrenched in motherhood. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Taking Back You podcast. I am Danny Carter Innens, and I'm so excited for you to be here. Welcome to episode four of our podcast, Mommin' Ain't Easy. And this episode, you guys, is near and dear to me because it is really about helping mamas realize why, you know, being a mom is so hard. And I guess, like, most of you are probably saying, like, duh, Danny, we know it's hard to be a mom. But what I mean is, you know, I want to help you begin to free yourself from, you know, all the negative beliefs that you have about your ability to be a good mom. We think that we have to be like the best mom ever, hashtag, hashtag. And what that means for a lot of people is a, like, you know, it's a lot of different things. So, you know, I want to help you begin your journey to just kind of free yourself from those negative beliefs. And I want to give you three myths of motherhood that I believed. Okay. And that so many of my friends believed. And honestly, I mean, I still believe them on the bad days. I do. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't, I don't want you to think that like, you know, um, all of a sudden magically all my fears were, you know, are gone. No, like I still believe these in like, you know, the little dark corner (laughs) of my soul where sometimes, you know, the self-doubt hits, but I really worked hard to, um, you know, get through these myths. And I want to share with you kind of what was happening um, in my brain in case maybe it was happening for you as well. So I'm going to just get started because like I said, there's three and there's tons to talk about. Um, the first myth is that you'll live happily ever after after you have your baby. This is especially um, a po- like a popular um, belief with people who are having their first baby. I have so many friends that told me that they just honestly believed they were going to have their baby and they were going to love their baby and they were just going to be the perfect happy family, mom and dad, and they were going to go home with their baby and la-di-da, everything was going to be great and they were just going to ride off into the sunset. But everybody who's listening to this, if you are a mom, you know good and well that that's not what happens. Um, I'll I'll tell you the story of when we brought my son home, I sat in the driveway. Um, he was in, he was still in his car seat. It was the first time we'd ever put his car seat in. Oh, and here's a fun story. Um, we figured out that we were buckling our son in his car seat completely wrong, like three months of his, like the first three months of his life. Like he was still safe. That's fine. But like, we didn't understand the five part harness only went over his chest. So like we had his legs also through it. Yeah. So he, I mean, he was in there, he was in there really, really well. Um, but like his face, he would be like, ah, what are you doing to me, mom? And then finally I, um, looked at someone else putting their kid in their car seat and I was like, Oh, M Giselle, I did that. I've been doing that wrong. So then it was like super way easier to get him in his car seat after that. So listen, like that's, that's uh, just real life. That's what happened to us. Um, we thought everything was smooth sailing and it turns out we were putting our baby in the car seat 
Like, I don't even know how we got him in there now. Um, but he was in there. He was in there really, really well. And, um, you know, we just thought like, hey, this is great. Well, I get to the driveway of our house and I start to cry because I know that like going in the house means that like my life as a mom officially begins and that now I'm responsible for another human being for forever and ever and ever. Amen. And that was horrifying. So I just cried and cried and I cried a lot. That first month, first couple of months of motherhood, mm, so many tears. And if that was you, awesome. If that wasn't you, awesome. Like that's okay. Either one of those is okay. Um, you know, we believe that our babies are going to sleep through the night. And, you know, I was a lucky one. Alex did sleep through the night from six months, six, sorry, six weeks on. But not everybody is like that. I have friends who whose kid was born around the same time as Alex, and they still are not able to sleep through the night, their kids. So, I mean, it doesn't, it, it's not a one size fits all. You know, um, so if your happily ever after, quote unquote, doesn't look like what you thought it would, it's really okay because it's a one, it's not a one size fits all. You know, we we think, oh, they're gonna hit all their milestones, they're gonna be the smartest child in the world. And then sometimes it doesn't work like that. And sometimes they um need therapy or they need extra help. Alex had a helmet. Um, when he was a baby because he had plagiocephaly. And plagiocephaly just means that his head shape was um not completely round. So we had to wear a cute little helmet for a few months to, you know, make sure his head shape was good. And now it's perfect and he's beautiful and wonderful and we're all good. So, you know, I have to tell you, I had mom guilt because I felt like I did something wrong, you know, because when they tell you this stuff, they're like, oh, well, he was positioned in the womb, blah, blah, blah. And so like, it made me feel like, is there something wrong with my body that my kid wasn't even in there? Right. But, you know, that's the yeah, I think that's the normal kind of um conclusion that we jump to, but it's not true at all. It's just like how it happens. And so, you know, get them the therapy that they need or the help that they need if they need it. And then like everybody's good, move on and don't worry about it. You know, don't take it like you did something wrong. Um, you didn't do anything wrong. It trust me, you really didn't do anything wrong. I know that because I did not, um, I didn't do anything while I was pregnant with my son because I wanted to know that if something was happening, you know, did happen to him, I knew that it was literally not my fault. It was nothing that I did wrong. Um, and it was just the way it was supposed to be. And the plagiocephaly, that's just the way it was supposed to be. So, you know what? We're good. He's good. And now we have a cute little, you know what we do? We have a cute little, like, um, a cast of his head, which is what his head used to look like, which is really funny because it was small. You don't realize how little they are until they grow up. And then you're like, what? You were this small. But, you know, don't worry about it. If they need a little extra help, it's okay. It really is okay. Um, and it might not fit into your happily ever after belief, but it really is okay. And, you know, the thing is, is that we all believe that our children are the smartest, most well-adjusted, amazing children, or at least that they're going to become that. And you know what? 
the good news about that is that we will always be right because the ki- our kids are who they're supposed to be. That's um, That can be daunting because it means that our control is not always there, but then that can also be freeing because, you know, these little people are born with their personalities. They don't just, um, you know... They don't get their personalities as they come. Like God gives them their personalities before they are even born. And that's what's so cool is that we know that like what we do, while it has a big effect on them, their little personalities, they're who they were going to be before they even came out of their womb. So that can kind of take the, you know, stress off of us as mamas, you know, and we can kind of be like, okay, I'm going to teach them the right way. I'm going to do all the right things. But hey, if they don't always, you know, fall into my perfect, you know, view of the world, it really is okay. And that doesn't make me a bad mom if it didn't happen that way. You know, um, I was I was definitely um, guilty of this. I didn't listen to the people who were trying to tell me the truth before Alex was born when they were like, listen, this is going to happen. That's going to happen. I didn't want to hear it. But, you know, um, now that I'm on the other side, I definitely am like, oh, yeah, they weren't they weren't they're not trying to scare you. They're trying to be realistic and they're trying to prepare you. So that's what I always tell my mommy friends now. Like, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to prepare you. And it's the little uh, rhyme that, you know, I'm, I'm not here to scare. I'm here to prepare. Or like I tell my students, and I've said this before, I tell my students, I'm coming to you from the future. So just, you know, um, just realize that like you can't control the chaos. You know what I mean? And especially chaos that is not even like fathomable yet. So when you don't, when it's not, you know, becoming um, the fairy tale, you know, motherhood isn't the fairy tale that you believed it to be, then you know what? Just realize it's probably a fractured fairy tale (laughs) and that it's going to change and it's going to change again. And there are some really awesome things about being a mom. And then there are some things that are like, uh, pass. And that's okay. The second myth is that you have to be perfect 24-7. Okay, so I am going to like just hit you with uh, some some Danny Carter Iden's realness. You know what I like cannot, I cannot stand are the um, like YouTube mom videos where the moms are like, pretending like their life is so like hard and crazy and like, oh my gosh. But while they're filming these videos, their hair perfectly quaffed. Their makeup is on point. Their clothes are clean. And listen, but while they're talking about all the chaos in their house, they look like movie stars. And that is totally not what happened. You know that. I know that. Um, I have to say the beginning of my child's life and like like for like a solid year and a half, the victory of taking a shower at least five times a week was just like ugh, mind-blowing. If I could get in five showers a week, I thought I was I was killing it. The mom game. I really believed it because it's just not like that. Like, And who has time to do their hair? And it's like, well, okay, I understand. And a lot of times what they're saying in those videos is true. Like all the crazy stuff that happens when you have a toddler, but it's like, it's hard to believe. And it seems kind of in, you know, um, in not genuine, 
when, you know, they're sitting on camera with their hair done and their makeup done and they look, you know, nails did. And you know what? You know why I do a podcast? Because even though my son is five years old, I still am a hot mess sometimes. And so podcast is my way to share all my knowledge, drop all my knowledge, but then you don't have to see the like craziness. And maybe if I was going to be real authentic and real true, I would do more videos so you could see this is what I look like. And um, in order, like... In order for me to get all perfectly coiffed, that means that, you know, something else is going to have to not happen. And I don't know. Um, but, you know, those are sending mixed signals. You know, they're saying that it's hard to be a mom, but they look perfect while they're saying it. And so it's kind of like, well, wait a minute. If it's so hard to be a mom, how come you look so good? And I'm over here wearing the same clothes that I had on, um, like one, two, three, carried them, like five days, you know? And, um, you know, it's subconsciously giving us mixed signals. And speaking of mixed signals, what um, I have learned being a mom is that everything that we do as mothers is wrong. And here's what I'll tell here's what I mean. You know, um, when my son was born, the hospital that where he was born, they were very big on breastfeeding. It was very, 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 um, you know, it was really pushed. It was pushed that he was breastfed. So we were like, yeah, okay, I got these things. I feed my kid. Let's do it. So we, you know, I, I nursed him and it was really important for me to nurse him. Well, he gets to his first, um, no, I, I don't think it was like maybe his first month, maybe month or two, um, appointment. And they're like, oh yeah, he's underweight. And I'm, they're like, well, you know, is he eating enough? I'm like, yeah, he's eating, you know, he's getting a lot of food. And they're like, well, he's underweight. So my husband asks, he says, well, what's the chart? You know, because they have the chart and showing you. Well, the chart is based that they figure out whether or not your child is underweight. The chart is based off of formula fed babies. And so, you know, he's like, well, my son's not a formula fed baby. So is how are we measuring a breastfed baby to the chart of a formula fed baby? And the doctor was kind of like, uh, uh buh. and so, you know, like we felt like, oh, well, you know, our kid is not necessarily gaining as much weight as they want him to. But then at the same time, he was nursing and not necessarily, you know, he, he was he didn't really apply to this formula fed baby chart, but there is no nursing baby chart for weight. And so then it made it we were very confused. So they took something that, you know, we thought we were doing right. We thought we were doing the right thing because the hospital made a big deal out of it. And, you know, and then they're like, well, actually, um, this, this, and this has to happen too. And so it was just very confusing. And it's extremely confusing for new moms who are tired. You know, we're sleep deprived. You are sleep deprived. You don't know what's going on. You're now all of a sudden responsible for this person. And then they keep giving you mixed signals. You know, um, you're a bad person. You, you know, it, it, I, come on. You're uh, a bad, you're bad for the environment if you're using, you know, regular diapers. And I don't even say regular diapers. I mean, I feel like you're just using like, you know, store-bought diapers versus, you know, cloth diapers. You know, I mean, there's always like some kind of thing that you're not doing that you should be doing when. And, you know, it's, there's so many conflicting messages that the real answer is to just do what works for you. So you can't be perfect 24-7. It's That's not possible. So let that go. 
move on from that, and then realize that the best you can do is what works for you. I feel like I'm like dropping a whole bunch of uh, rhymes today. You know, I'm not here to scare. I'm here to prepare. The best you can do is what's best for you. Like, so write these down. I don't know if they're going to help you remember, write them down. But that's literally what you have to do. You just have to do what's best for you. And, you know, I've, I talked about this um, before, but, you know, we always just believe that we have to be on all the time and like perfect and wonderful, you know, so we feel guilty when we need a break. We feel guilty when we need, um, you know, some time to, we need like a, a mini mama break, but that's okay. You know, listen, let me tell you something. Your kids need to have imaginary play. They need to have self-play. They need to be allowed to let their imagination soar. And while they're doing that, you can read your book, read your Bible, watch your favorite TV show on Netflix. I won't tell. And guess what? It's okay, you know, because every other job, every other job, it's all it's like illegal to not give a person a break from that job. So why is the job of motherhood, you know, a job that we're expected to do 24/7 with no breaks? It's just not possible. Um, you know, when my son was little, I used to live for nap time. And then when he got older, nap time, you know, wasn't a thing anymore, but we had quiet time. We still have quiet time. He has to go in his room and either lay down or, you know, just play with his toys. And, you know, we turn on Enya. We're an Enya family. Um, And, you know, he has to just like chillax in his room and play or, you know, sometimes he falls asleep anyway. He just honestly falls asleep. He's like, I'm not going to go to and he's out. Um, (laughs) You know, but that's because we just kind of come up with a calming environment. And, you know, that's okay because quiet time equals mama's time. And even if it's for an hour, even if it's for half an hour, if you can just like stop, you know, collaborate and listen and like just, you know, take a second to get back to, you know, you, to take back you. Um, you know, and that's okay. And even if you have, you know, you have more than one child, if you can get one laying down and one playing in the other room or something, like really, really, really try to do that. Don't feel guilty if you need to take a break. You can't be perfect 24-7, so don't even try. Literally, don't even try. It's exhausting to try. It's exhausting. So you know what I mean? Do what works for you. Like literally, the best that you can do is what works for you. And you get in a rhythm and you're, and everybody's good. Everybody, they will survive. I promise you. If they are not a hundred percent engaged all the time by you or another member of your family, they will, they'll figure it out. Kids figure it out. They will figure out how to play. The last myth I want you to, you know, um, to hear is that you are not alone. You know, especially when our babies are first born and, you know, that um, if you're if you're married, that time when, you know, all the family comes when you when you have a baby um, and then one day everybody goes home. Your husband goes back to work if he was able to take any time off anyway. And you're just here now with this baby and you're like, um, Okay, now what? What do I do 
And, you know, um, we believe that we're alone, but we're not. There are other moms who are in the exact same position as you. You know, isn't it funny that, um, you know, we believe that we are alone, but when we talk to other moms, we figured out the mom plight is pretty much universal. We, you know, can talk to moms even in other countries, other cultures, and they kind of, you know, feel, we all feel the same way. We always feel like nobody gets it. Nobody understands us. And I talk about making mommy friends. You know, but even beyond making mommy friends, which are super important, and I'm like, a number one, make your mommy friends. You know, we have to understand that how we are feeling is not, you know, um, weird, or it's not uncommon. You know, how we when you feel lonely, or you have feelings that you've never had before, and now you feel them, you're not you're not alone. You're not the only one. Um, I, I went from a pretty, you know, um, not I do I I'm not a crier, I never have been. But then you know I had my son and I just started crying all the time, tears, the tears. My husband was like, uh, "Are you okay?" You know, and that was and that's hormones, that's life changes, a lot of stuff changes, and it's normal for you to react to that. It's normal for you to feel different. But what I don't want you to feel is I don't want you to feel alone because it is normal to feel different. It is normal to to feel like your body's out of whack and all these things are, you know, all these um, things on you that used to work pretty normally, now they feel like they're not. That's okay. That's normal. You know, you can visit any Facebook group or any Instagram page, um, Pinterest. And you, you, listen, you want to know if how you feel is normal. Just start typing like something close to how you feel into Pinterest and it will automatically fill it in for you. And you know why that is? It's because it's often, it's one of the most often search, searched terms. Okay, so that right there can be um, comforting. Is that you know you go on Google, you search it, and it'll pop right up because people have searched it before. You are not alone. You know um, you can check out your local church or you know community center. Um, there are several churches in my town that offer moms groups. Some of them offer childcare, um, and you know. Some of them you can just walk in or you might have to pay, but the pay, the fee is pretty nominal. And if you need help, you know, with making the payment, they are usually really good with helping you, you know, um, make the payment or they might help you take it over. You know, they might take help you by taking it over, you know, um, finding something that is mom centered where you're with other moms is really a good good first step to helping you realize that you're not alone. Um, having, you know, even if you just figure out how to ha- have a potluck at somebody's house once a month. Um, I just read an article and it's on my um, Facebook page uh, for Taking Back You, uh, facebook.com slash Danny Carter Iddens. There, it talks about how moms need to um, do activities with each other at least twice a week. I mean, sorry, twice a month, at least twice a month. 
Okay. So for some of you, that sounds like a humongous, like, you're like, oh my gosh, where am I going to find two days a month where I'm supposed to hang out with other people? But listen, that's for your sanity. That's for, that's so you could be a better mom. Um, you know, you have to ask for help. You have to ask for people to come alongside you. you know, that saying, I get by with a little help from my friends. It's a song. You know, but you do. You get by with a little help from your friends and and you have other people. And the great thing about mom groups is that every mom is in a different, you know, stage of mommydom. So some of them have newborns and they they need they need, you know, the most loving on. And then some of them have, you know, kids who are in high school and they have other problems too. Like, you know, um my a good friend of mine always says little kids, little problems, big kid, big problems. And so, you know, just because their kids are in high school doesn't mean they don't have any problems. But it means that we're able to kind of approach motherhood from different, you know, angles because those newborn mamas might honestly be closer in age to the teenagers that the teenage mamas are having a hard time with. And then the teenage mamas might be able to help the newborn mamas with their babies because they've been through it before. So do you see kind of how it can come full circle if we just all, you know, step outside of ourselves? I think, and I've said this before, I think social media can be very um, alienating sometimes because it makes us only see the perfect and it makes us feel like no one else understands. There are people out there who understand and who want to walk alongside you. You only have to take the first step and put yourself out there. And you have to just realize you are not alone. I thought I was alone when my son was born. I am happy to know that I was not. And if you can just take the first step and you can realize that this last myth is so is such a lie. It's such a lie that we tell ourselves that we are alone. It's not true. We're not alone. There are so many mommies who want to walk alongside you and to be with you. And so you know what? Take it. Take it. Make friends. Make mommy friends. If you if you want to know more about that, I have a whole podcast episode on making mommy friends. And I it's just something that's really important to me and it's my love. So I hope this was helpful. I hope that these three myths, you know, talking about and thinking about these three myths, I hope that it helps you see that, you know, mommydom doesn't have to be um, this like ah, push and pull. It, you know, it's not easy. And isn't that like we got that? We're already there. It ain't easy. Okay. So. We know that being a mama ain't easy. So now let's move on and let's take what we can from it. Do what we can. Do what works for us and realize that there's going to be good days and there's going to be bad days. But at the end of the day, our kids love us and want us to be happy. So that's what we got to do. All right. Join us next week for episode five. I There will be an episode five next week. I'm going to pre-record it. I'm actually going to record another episode tomorrow for next week. So don't worry. Even if we get the sickness again, um, like we had, oh my gosh, we were so sick for like three weeks. Um, Even if we get the sickness again, I will have pre-recorded episodes to make sure that Taking Back You podcast is available every single week. Have a wonderful week, everyone. And I will talk to you very soon. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? 
when I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record an episode? How do I get my show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other places people like to listen? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors too, so you can get paid to podcast. I love Anchor because I was up and running in a couple of hours. You can even record your episodes on the go using their super friendly Anchor app. So, if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Thank you so much for listening. For more information on this and other episodes of Taking Back You, visit takingbackyou.com. And be sure to subscribe and share with your friends.